it's going to be virtually impossible to become biblically strong as long as you're rejecting the instructions of the strong man. There will always be someone stronger than you, and the only one who can defeat the strong man is the stronger man, Yeshua. But Yeshua didn't come to do away with. He came to teach and to instruct people and to point them back to Father who sent him. You will never be able to effectively be delivered rejecting the instructions of the Almighty. Shalom, saints, and welcome to our verse-by-verse study of the book of Genesis. I'm your host and teacher, Arthur Bailey. In day five, Jehovah created all the creatures that lived in the water and flew in the air. The creature called Leviathan is discussed based solely on scripture. I will also discuss other related things such as dinosaurs, serpents, and behemoths. Today's study title is In the Beginning, Day Five. So, Let's study. All right. Well, Genesis in the beginning, and we are in day five, and I wanted to just do a a brief uh, cap. There we go. We know that uh, in day one, darkness and water uh, was existent, but we read that everything that is created was created by Jehovah. Nothing was made that he did not make. And so even though he didn't say, let there be darkness and let there be water, darkness and water was made by him, and he did declare, let there be light. So this occurred on day one. So on day one, darkness was made, water was made, and light uh, was made. On day two, he separated the waters from the waters, and he called the firmament or the expanse heaven. And then in day three, the dry land uh, was called earth. The gathering together of the water was called seas. And he made the grass and the herb and the trees. And then um, week before last, we looked at day four. And interestingly enough, as we were looking at day four, we were entering into the new year. We were um, going and we actually, um, we moved day five from last Thursday and and did the teaching on uh, the month of Abib. And then we celebrated the new year the following day. And so as we did that, interestingly, the week before, we were talking about these two great lights that divide uh, the day from the night, the lights for signs, for seasons, for days, for years to give light upon the earth, rule over the day, rule over the night, and divided the light from the darkness. And so what we have to be careful is that we don't get stuck. In other words, there are things that Father, instructions that he gave, 
uh, in light of what he did, which gives us further understanding on how to determine um, the seasons, the months. And so we know that in this particular uh, creation, this day of creation, and, and if we wanted to, we can go back to day three because on day three, he created the grass, the herb, and the trees. <laughs> Hallelujah. He created the grass, the herb, and the trees on day three before he gave us the lights to determine the signs and the seasons. Now, in day five, we're going to look at creatures that swim and creatures that fly. That's what he deals with on the fifth day of creation. And it's important for us to pay particular attention because there is so much information and teachings that are out in the midst of the brethren that give a lot of discussion time. People are having a lot of discussions about things that are supposed to be biblical, but may be difficult to find uh, in the Bible. And this is one of the reasons why we do these verse-by-verse -verse studies so that we can see what's actually written. What you do after that, that's totally uh, on, on you. But if you're going to have conversations about the Bible, then it shouldn't be hard-pressed to find the stuff you're talking about that's supposed to be in the Bible in the Bible. Verse 20, and Elohim said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And Elohim created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And Elohim saw that it was good. And Elohim blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And so this is pretty much all that is, is said here. So, so let's delve in a little bit. In verse 20 there, he says, let the waters bring forth abundantly moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. Now, what I try to do is not read into what is there, but to really understand what is there. And those of you who have followed us for any period of time, you know that when I underline a particular word or bold a particular word that I may spend a little time on that word so that we can understand it. Otherwise, you may be hard pressed to know what is actually there. And so the first thing we see here is every moving creature that hath life. And so every moving creature that hath or had life, 
and every winged fowl that fly or flew above was created on what day? On the fifth day. It was created on the fifth day according to scripture. Now, I want you to see this again because it said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. So everything that had life was created on day five. The word creature there we find is a interesting word called sheretz. And this word deals with that which teams together, that which swarm together, and that which is either insect, animal, small reptiles. And here we find that there are a variety of species of creatures in the sea. And there are a variety of creatures that have wings that creep and fly. Now, the interesting thing is, is that the Bible doesn't take the time to go through and name every insect, every bird, every flying creature, every teeming creature, every, every creature that, that swims uh, in the water, but it gives us ideas and it gives us clues. The word fowl is a flying creature, and that could be an insect, uh, a bird. What we do know is that if it flies, it's a fowl. <laughs> now, how many different species of fowls there are, it is hard to identify. So, verse 21 tells us, and Elohim created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly. And here we see that there are some creatures in the water that are abundant and there are, there are different species. Different species, but it doesn't tell us. Now, in the English vernacular, we could look at some of these words and certain things automatically come to mind. We talked about that when we look at words in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, that predominantly, predominantly those words are in Hebrew and specifically they have been translated from whatever language into the Hebrew language which is why the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Every word in the, in, in the Old Testament is not a Hebrew word. Did the Egyptians speak Hebrew? Did the Babylonians speak Hebrew? Did the Canaanites speak Hebrew? But there's communications with Egyptians that is not, that is in Hebrew or in English, but with Hebrew words. There's communication with Canaanites, with Babylonians or, or Chaldeans that are in Hebrew, but we know, or in Aramaic or Aram, which we know that the people of that land didn't speak the 
the Hebrew language in many of these lands where communications was taking place, but all of the words we find in the Old Testament writings have been translated in the Hebrew, and therefore we have to look at the Hebrew to get an understanding. Now, interestingly, some of the words don't translate. And we're going to see um, some of this. And so, and, and Elohim created great whales. Now, you and I, when we think of a whale, what comes to mind? A big fish. A big fish. So, one would look at that and not even think they need to understand what it is because they've already translated it in their mind as to what it is. And every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and Elohim saw that it was good. Now, the term whale embodies whale, dragon, serpent, sea monster. These are all terms that you wouldn't associate. You wouldn't associate dragon with whale. You wouldn't associate serpent with whale. You wouldn't associate sea monster with whale. But these are the words that are used to define, if you would, or identify a particular creature so it all boils back down that he created whales. But there are, there are a variety of species. And so the Hebrew word is tannin. Whales here is tannin, and it means it's meaning dragon, serpent, sea monster. And get this 1A. Dragon or dinosaur. Now, somebody inserted this dragon or dinosaur because there is not one word, one mention of a dinosaur in the Bible. And this is one of the reasons why you've heard me say this before. I want to look for if, if, if someone wants to insert dinosaur in the definition, I should find at least one place in the Bible where there's a dinosaur. You get this? If, if, if Elohim made it, it was made on day five. <laughs> According to our Bible. Now, if somebody can effectively get us out of the Bible, if, 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 if they can get us out of the Bible, then anything goes. And now you're outside the Bible at the mercy of individuals who have been able to get us out of the Bible. Now understand something. Modern science has its place. But modern science has to work within the confines of that which is written unless it's able to effectively separate you from what is written and then it usurps the authority of what is written and bring what is written under its authority 
instead of coming under the authority of what is written. You see. And this is where it gets a little tricky for people because in order for people to believe some of the things they believe, they have to admit that they've been separated from Scripture or they try to justify their belief with Scripture. And this is why I wanted to point out these words for whale. <laughs> you see, because what is a dragon or a dinosaur? Now, most people, when they think of dragon, um, if, if, if you've been introduced to Disney, and most of us have, fairy tales, you know, how to train a dragon, <laughs> all of these movies for children in their imagination that is immense, then when you think of dragon, you think of something that flies and breathes fire. see. And so the other meaning, sea or river monster, serpent, venomous snake. And then the usage here, we find that the word dragon is used 21 times in the Bible, but it's not always associated with a creature. Like for instance, a dragon gate. Now I'm going to show you a few places, not just I'm going to show you at least one example of, of these, these verses, these words in the Bible. And then dinosaur is one I could not find. Dragon, Isaiah 27.1. In that day, Jehovah with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent. Even Leviathan, that crooked serpent. So in both of these, Leviathan is identified as a serpent, and the word serpent falls underneath tannin, which is the word in Genesis for whale. For whale. But notice he says, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. So what it's saying here is Jehovah is going to do some things and it's associated with Leviathan, a serpent, a piercing serpent, a crooked serpent, and he shall slay that dragon. Now, Leviathan doesn't translate dragon, but its reference is dragon or serpent. And these words serpents don't translate tannin, but when looking in the context, the Almighty is going to slay it. The sea monster, Lamentations 4.3. Even the sea monsters draw out the breast. They give suck to their young ones. The daughter of my people has become cruel like the ostriches in the wilderness. And so here we find a use for the word sea monster, but it is in the context of the people. Whale. Another place, Job, I'm, am I a sea or a whale that thou settest to watch over me? And, and all I'm trying to do is point out where these words are used. And if you take the time and look at the context of these verses, you would see 
that it is not in some prehistoric time. It is within the context of the creation timetable after the fact of creation. Not before. Serpent. Now, this is interesting here because this word serpent here is from the same word tannin, whereas Moses was in Egypt. When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then thou shalt say unto him, Aaron, take thy rod, say unto Aaron, take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh. And they said, so as Jehovah has commanded, and Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. And then the next verse, verse 11, talks about Pharaoh's uh, sorcerers, for they cast down every man, verse 12, his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. So you got a whale on whale, serpent on serpent, confrontation, but the serpent of Aaron was greater and more overwhelming than the serpents of the um, of Pharaoh sorcerers. And so here, serpent and serpents come from that word we found in Genesis where Father made. Some say it could even be a crocodile. Now, I heard somebody doing a teaching, and I saw some folks posting that, you know, that that situation where Aaron, because they tried to associate the word, the Hebrew word, that when Aaron was in Egypt, it wasn't a serpent. It was a crocodile. And I, I found a place where um, they, they use this. And, and, and when you look at it, it reads in Ezekiel 32, verse 2, Son of man, take up, son of man, take up a lamentation for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say unto him, Thou art like a young lion of the nations, and thou art as a whale in the seas. And they went on to explain that in Egypt, you're dealing with the Nile, the Nile River, and one of those ferocious Nile crocodiles. And they derived that from this word whale. And thou camest forth with thy rivers, and troubleth the waters with thy feet, and followed their rivers. So now it moved from the sea to the river. And more specifically, in that particular teaching, the River Nile. And then further in Ezekiel, speak and say, Thus saith Jehovah Elohim, Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon. And this furthermore emphasizes, now it's gone from a whale to a dragon. <laughs> that lieth in the midst of his rivers. And one would go on and say, we're not dealing with the sea, we're dealing with the river and what was the great river. 
the river Nile that lieth in the so this dragon now is found in the midst of a river in Pharaoh's river in Egypt which has said my river is mine own and I have made it for myself you see and so when people take words and they're separate from one of the one of the principles that we uh, use in our discipleship course is the first mention principle, and the first mention principle um, says that the first time you see how a word is used, the first time it's mentioned, and you see how it's used, it generally carries that usage throughout the Bible, because it's the first time it's mentioned, and generally when it's mentioned. It's mentioned within the context of the first mentioned. And so dragon, whale, both are the word tannin, which we get dragon, serpent, sea monster. And then, you know, I, I was, I remember that the, the concordance, and I, I was trying to find one of my old concordance, one that had the, the, the Hebrew, Chaldean, and Greek, and look up this particular word, because this is um, someone bought Strong's, and they went through the process of revising Strong's and giving, uh, up, giving updating it. And so I wanted to go and find one of my original uh, Strong's copies and see if the old use and the updated use was the same and if dinosaur was in in with the word dragon because if you were to look at on blue letter bible uh some of their dictionaries um another one can't can't think of it right now but i found it in three different places online where dragon or dinosaur some Christian Messianic and Hebrew science activists try to use the definition in some other words found in the Bible to justify dinosaurs, although the word dinosaur is not found in Scripture. The Bible speaks of several sea creatures or monsters that some would like to point out as possible prehistoric animals as if they possibly existed before the fifth day of creation. And this is this is where, you know, people try to use the Bible. Even some scientists will try to use the Bible to support their theories. And a person who is ignorant and unlearned or a person who don't have the tools to search things out, hear a new teaching that sounds so tantalizing and believable there are way too many people that are so quick to share something on Facebook or some other social media without searching it out, without investigating a matter. It's unbelievable to me how easy it is for so-called Torah-observant people to bear false witness. If, if you're sharing something as if it's true and you haven't searched it out for yourself, 
And I've I've had to people that I'm that I feel that I can I can communicate with. Um, most people, well, she didn't say most because I haven't dealt with most, but I've dealt with many people. You try to um, address some of the stuff that they're putting out. They get irate. They want to block you. People comment on a post and haven't even read the post. Because if they'd read it, they wouldn't comment the way they're commenting. And it makes you wonder, did you even read the post? Or you're so quick to make a comment and you call yourself Torah observing people. Listen, the Bible says we are to be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to hear. And you have to do your due diligence to search out a matter. Just because it sounds believable don't necessarily mean it's true. And we don't want to be perpetuators of rumors because it's embarrassing to have to go back and undo stuff that you have done all because you were too quick. Because once you get labeled as a person, I mean, you don't, if you go put up a video and then take it down, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have never put it up in the first place. If you're going to put up a post and then take it down, maybe you never should have put it up in the first place. You see. because. One of the things that we're doing here, and this is something that I that I, I trust and believe that every teaching ministry should do, and that is equip the saints. <laughs> equip the saints. Now, I find it interesting that some messianics are starting to use the word saint now. <laughs> You know, they go, they equipping the saints now. It's like, man, y'all been in existence for I don't know how long, and now that you've heard of Arthur Bailey Ministries, you equipping the saints. It's not that I came up with equipping the saints, it's in the Bible. <laughs> but we started using equipping the saints, and it's like, I mean, come on, every opening, shalom saints, shalom saints. We've been doing this for years, and now all of a sudden people want to jump on the band. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Not knocking you. Just took you a long time to get here. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. Hallelujah. The Catholics do not have a monopoly on the word saint. They don't. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks of several sea creatures. We mentioned that. Mentioned one already, Leviathan. There's another one, Behemoth. We're going to deal with Behemoth next week. And of course, we've, we've mentioned Sea Monster. Now, a person can take these words and write books. And I'm going to tell you something. Leviathan has, has been the, the foundation for several books that I know of especially in deliverance ministry. You got a spirit of Leviathan. Have you ever heard the spirit of Leviathan? 
and the Jezebel spirit. Ahab's spirit. I mean, there are spirit, spirits for everything right now. But Leviathan, man, I'm telling you, that, that thing was in the, back in the day when I was in the, the deliverance uh, ministry and casting out demons. And then we, we transitioned, well, we didn't transition. We embodied within deliverance ministry inner healing. Inner healing. Now it's discerning whether a person has a demon or they just need some inner healing. And then healing rooms and, and all of these kinds of things where, where people are looking to try to help people become functional and biblically strong. Well, I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. It's going to be virtually impossible to become biblically strong as long as you're rejecting the instructions of the strong man. There will always be someone stronger than you, and the only one who can defeat the strong man is the stronger man, Yeshua. But Yeshua didn't come to do away with. He came to teach and to instruct people and to point them back to Father who sent him. You will never be able to effectively be delivered rejecting the instructions of the Almighty. How many of Jehovah's people were demonic in Torah, in, 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 in the first five books of the Bible? Think about that. There was some rebellious, hard-hearted, stiff-necked, hard-headed individuals. But I didn't see Moses out there casting out devils. See, casting out devils is a New Testament phenomenon. More or less charismatic phenomenon. And the further away from the instructions people get, the more they are going to encounter demonic forces that is going to overwhelm them and hinder them from effectively walking out their faith because they've rejected the instructions that is designed to, to free them. It is the, the perfect law of liberty. And so you got Le Leviathan and, 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 and Behemoth and sea monsters that people now have given demon titles to, spirit titles to, strongholds. And if you're going to deal with a, a, a Leviathan spirit, you got you to address it and approach it different than a Jezebel spirit. You got to approach that different than, you know, some, some other uh, sexual demon or some addictive spirit. And so now you become experts in demonology. Oh, yeah. I had, I had a bunch of them I left in Grand Rapids. But I, t I brought a few, the ones that I've 
I, I felt may had um, more of a, a presence of, of mind. It wasn't so out there, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Leviathan. The word there, Leviathan, is also used as sea monster, dragon. Interesting in it. Leviathan, sea monster, dragon, large, aquatic animal. And get this one. Perhaps the extinct dinosaur. Perhaps the extinct dinosaur, specifically the Plesiosaurus. <laughs> but the exact meaning is unknown. Yeah, so why you put it there? We don't know what it is. Leviathan could be a variety of creatures that lives in the water after its kind, according to Genesis, and created in day five. Behemoth. Now get this one. Here's another one. Behemoth, perhaps. <laughs> now here you got a witness of dinosaurs. You see this? Two witnesses now, and it's all perhaps. We don't know, but it could be the Diplodocus or the Brachiosaurus. And where'd you get those names? Science. So how is it that you're taking something from the science and trying to inject it into a biblical definition of a word that is in the Bible. And people will take that perhaps and try to build on perhaps. You know what that is? That's a house built on sand. Because the exact meaning is unknown. And we'll deal more with Behemoth next week. Nevertheless, all these creatures that is associated with the word tannin, a whale, sea monster, um, um, dragon, whale, and what is, what is the other? Serpent all come from the word whale, which was created on what day? On day five. So let's say it is a dinosaur. When was it created? On day five. So if someone wants to run out and chase dinosaurs and hang out in Jurassic Park, they need to understand that day five, if there is uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Perhaps. It would fit in the day five creation bracket not some millions of years ago. So what you do is equip saints so they can search out scripture and they're not at the mercy of someone, of some wordsmith or, 
or some person who knows how to speak eloquently and razzle and dazzle individuals with their ability to carry on a teaching conversation without notes. Oh man, they got a sharp memory. Yeah, but where is they memorizing this stuff from? Because I've, I've watched some of these individuals in their forums trying to explain the unexplainable, and they seem to explain the unexplainable in an explainable way to make it seem like they know what they're talking about, but they don't have a clue. And then I watch, I watch their eyes and their facial expression. And it's like, okay, you know, when their their eyes shift and, you know, they're talking and it's like, okay. Now, those are signs of somebody who is making stuff up or they just flat out lying. They're tales. They're tales. And some people are better at hiding than others. But if you watch, and this is, I, I, don't, I don't mean to stare or anything like that. And sometimes it may seem like my eyes may be burning a, a hole in folks when I'm talking to them. But I'm listening not to just what they're saying with their mouth, but what they're saying with their body. You see, parents can tell the tales of their children. Wives and husbands, husbands and wives. You can see and you know, and people who are good at poker and and, and other types of games that are, you know, face-to-face and they bluff. And some people can bluff so good, you never know. You're looking to see if they're bluffing, but they don't have a tale of bluff because they've mastered the art of bluffing. Poker face. You have people who have poker faces, but, you, you, but many people, if you watch them, they got, they got something that tell when what they're saying may not necessarily be what they're saying. And Elohim, verse 22, blessed them. And, and this is what he said. Now we see him in instructing the water and sea uh, creatures to be fruitful, to be fruitful and multiply. And fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. And so we see, Father, now giving this this creation some instructions. And their instructions is to be fruitful, multiply. The creatures of the sea And the fowl of the air were commanded to be fruitful and to multiply, to fill the waters in the sea and multiply in the earth. And here we have, and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So in conclusion, 
all living creatures that lived in the water. Now, notice here, I'm not saying all living creatures because in day six, some more creatures are going to be made. And we need to take a look at those too. Because the words aren't what they may appear to an English-minded person. Okay? All living creatures that lived in the water and flew in the air were created on, on day five. Next week, we're going to deal with day six. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You can find more inspirational teachings and download our free ebooks on our ministry website at ArthurBaileyMinistries.com. Please follow us on Facebook at House of Israel Arthur Bailey Ministries, on Instagram at Apostle Arthur Bailey, on Twitter at Apostle Bailey, and you can subscribe to our YouTube page at Apostle Arthur Bailey One. If you're in the Charlotte area, please come and fellowship with us. We'll do our best to make you feel right at home. Our address is on our website at the About link under Contact Us. Again, thank you for joining us, and until next time, Shalom Saints.